Time now for Michigan's number one outdoor radio show, Mike Avery's Outdoor Magazine. Mike Avery has covered the outdoors in Michigan for more than four decades, and that tradition continues today. Outdoor Magazine is brought to you by Jay Sporting Goods, the Eider Insurance Group, Angler Quest Pontoons and Polar Craft Boats, the Forward Corporation, Primal Tree Stands, Security Credit Union, Garber Chevrolet, Brenton USA Hunting Rifles, and by Michigan Brand Meats. Now, here's Mike Avery. Well, thank you, Ken Hunter, for that introduction, and welcome to our number three of this week's Outdoor Magazine show right here on the Outdoor Magazine Radio Network. Appreciate you being along with me this week. As the summertime season continues to slip by, slip away, again, please do not let this summertime go without taking advantage of it. I know things are going to get tight now, right? Labor Day is looking us. it's just, it's coming at us like a freight train. The kids are going back to school. The grandkids are going to get busy. I get it. But if, if there was something on your list for this summer and you didn't do it yet, there is still time. Please, I, I don't want it to get to be the middle of winter when it's cold and there's snow and it's blowing and you, and you think, man, we just should have done that. We should have we taken that fishing trip. We should have made that camping trip. We should have gone up north. Do it now. Do it now. Take advantage of it. Our state has so much to offer. Is it perfect here? Of course not. But I've been blessed to go some pretty cool places and do some pretty cool things, and I'm always looking forward to coming back here. Dave Engel, Captain Dave Engel, in our second hour, was talking about going to Alaska to fish king salmon, and you can only take two a season. We can take five a day here. I mean, we've got some tremendous resources. But there's a lot going on in our state. Behind the scenes, politics, wildlife management. I don't care who I talk to in our state or whatever issue, whatever hot issue comes up, whatever big issue comes up, there's one name that is always part of that conversation. And that name is Amy Trotter. Amy is the executive director of MUCC, and it seems like she's got her hands in everything. I don't care if it's consent decree negotiations, if it's Sandhill Cranes, if it's wolf management. Amy is somehow involved in that. She's very well respected, and she's a very hard lady to get in touch with, at least for a radio interview, because she's got so much going on. But guess what? I managed to get her for some time today. She's on her way up north. She pulled the car over and she's talking to us. And Amy Trotter, I do certainly appreciate it. How are you? Certainly, yeah. I'm here today uh, live from the Jay's Sporting Goods parking (laughs) lot, actually. You said you were going to stop at Jay's. I bet you spend some money before you hit the road again, too. I, I expect so, yes. Amy, tell me, how did you get to this point? I mean, how did you get to a point where it seems like you're involved in everything conservation and wildlife management in our state well i have been with mucc now i just celebrated my 15 year anniversary here with mucc but mucc has been doing this for 70 years before i started so we're 85 years young this year so we've always had our fingers on the pulse of uh, everything in the outdoors and uh, certainly nothing's changed the issue's actually even 
seem to remain the same over the course of time. Um, but certainly different uh, and new emerging issues all the time. But some things never go away, like like wolves, for example. But what is your background? Is you a wildlife biologist? Are you a policy uh, political scientist? Where do you come from? Um, my degree was actually environmental science, so I took uh, basically one of everything. Uh, one fisheries, a couple wildlife, a couple forestry, economics, um, so some of the policy uh, issues as well, communications. Um, so I took a little bit of everything, uh, which, you know, helps me kind of cover the gamut when it comes to this, but really... There's nothing that can prepare you for working at a place like MUCC because you just have to learn on the job. You have to, you know, when when feral swine was a hot topic here in Michigan, you just have to become an expert and uh, you learn what what's going on in other states. You understand, you read about it, and uh, and then you see how you can address it when it comes to a policy and, and management decisions here. You bring up feral swine. Did that end up being not the threat that we thought it was going to be? Or did the did uh, hunters and, and, and folks, were they able to knock down the number more than we had expected? Our early intervention in the state of Michigan has made all the difference. I mean, we've been talking about this for probably at least 12 years, if not longer. Um, and it's really the policy decisions that we made long ago to call them an invasive species and treat them as such, which has helped us stay ahead of the curve, unlike other states that let it grow to such a proportion that now all they're doing is damage control, whereas we were able to get ahead of it before it became a problem. And that was really, that's the important thing with any invasive species management is getting ahead of it before it gets out of control. So we did what we needed to do. It was tough. It was hard. It was controversial. But we we took action early on, and that's why it never got to the, you know, where, what we've seen in other states. So what are the big issues we face these days? Well, certainly wolf management is, uh, as I mentioned, never going away. Um, that is something where I've been serving for the last 10 months on the Wolf Management Advisory Council. The DNR did just put out a draft wolf management plan, an update to the last uh, two that they've put together. Um, MUCC reviewed it. We took issue with some of the things. Some of the things were great that they incorporated from our recommendations on the advisory council, but some of them they did not incorporate. And um, so we put together some public comments. They're available on our website. And, uh, you know, it remains to be seen if the department is going to change uh, some of the language they use and some of the recommendations according, accordingly. But um, we definitely think it's uh, moving in the right direction, but still some, some things in there that just aren't necessary, we feel. I know MUCC has no control or authority over this, but are, in your opinion, are we ever going to have another Michigan wolf hunt? Well, I think, you know, again, that's that's in the federal court system right now. So that's something that we have very little control over to be able to affect it. But I definitely see if, if we can get them off the federal endangered species list, we are well poised to have um, management activities be able to be conducted here in Michigan. The plan calls for it. Um, the plan does 
use the terms though socially responsible, which we uh, really don't like to see in a in a scientific management plan. Um, you know, we're we're not asking for aerial gunning or any things like that are are not considered socially responsible. We want to be able to have hunters be part of that management solution, and that's really what we're aiming for. You you bring up a very interesting term, and actually, it's coming up earlier in our conversation than I had expected, but I can't let it go. Socially responsible. I, I am I am really bothered with this whole concept of social science becoming a bigger factor in what should be sound scientific wildlife management. It seems to me that social science is becoming accepted as part of the formula for putting things together. It certainly is. And and for some management decisions, it really isn't biological. I mean, the decision to wear Hunter Orange, for example, is totally a social reason. It's a public safety reason. Um, there's very good data to say why we use orange as the chosen color. But you know, that's not necessarily biological in nature when we talk about those things. But definitely we have to ensure that everything we're doing is rooted in scientific wildlife and fisheries management and that we are, by and large, thinking of the resource first. You know, all things being equal, there may be some methods of take that certain people have preferences for or, or don't choose to use. And we believe that, you know, again, if you're if you're allowing, for example, the harvest of a fish, the method you use may or may not impact that that population specifically. But what if it impacts all the other fisheries or the opportunity for others to um, harvest that fish? And so those are the kinds of questions where social science can play some kind of role when there is a net biological neutrality, I guess, to it. But absolutely, I agree with you. It is not, and, and Proposal G said, that it should not be a ballot box biology. We should not be doing popular votes on, um, on how we harvest things or, or the kinds of seasons that we choose to have. Did you ever think that this many years after Proposal G was approved, voted in by the with people of Michigan that we would still be having a conversation about Proposal G? <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, I knew we had some cleanup to do, and we did that through the, our 2014 citizen initiative that added in fisheries into the N- NRC authority. You know, it was really written as a wildlife-related um, statute uh, in the 90s, and we, we updated and expanded that authority. We made sure that the NRC has authority over naming new game species, something we probably also maybe didn't contemplate, uh, you know, long, long ago as other species have recovered. Um, but, you know, so so I'm never going to say that we don't need to refine and take a look at some of our legacy and historic conservation uh, policies. But, yeah, I didn't really think I'd have to actually defend it <laughs> here 15, 25 years later now. Hang tight, Amy. Uh, we're talking to Amy Trotter, Executive Director of MUCC. Their website is MUCC.org, MUCC.org. Amy, uh, she's always got a smile on her face. Uh, she's always willing uh, willing to help out and, and to give her time whenever she can, but she's pulled so many different directions. She's working on so many projects, and, and most, if not all, of these projects are very important to the hunters and anglers of Michigan. More on that after the break right here on Outdoor Magazine.
Ever thought about how much money you have in your hunting and fishing equipment? I bet the answer would surprise you. And what if you had to replace that gear? Could you even do it? Well, the right insurance company can make that job a little easier. And that's why I go with the Yider Insurance Group. The folks at Yider and their partner Auto Owners Insurance can make sure you're covered if something happens. The Yider family has been in the insurance business since 1940. That means they've seen just about everything. Plus, they're hunters and anglers, so they know what we need to protect our investments. Go to their website, yider.com, and you'll see what I mean. That's yider, I-E-U-T-E-R.com to learn more. But Yider and Auto Owners Insurance can protect more than just your gear. They can cover your hunting-related business as well. Fishing and hunting guides, gun shops, shooting ranges, campgrounds, you name it. Yider and Auto Owners Insurance will take care of you. That's Yider.com. If you like to troll, you need Offshore Tackle. For walleye, salmon, trout, muskies, and even crappies, Offshore has something to make your time on the water more fun and productive. Take a look at the new heavy-duty tattle flag wire, and don't forget about the popular crankbait tuning tool to get the best depth and action. Offshore's lineup of inline planers will take your baits out to the side and into the fish-catching zone. Check out the OR38 mini boards for a stealthy presentation, or the time-tested OR12s to pull just about any lure configuration. And for the big job, the OR37 SST Pro mag boards are what you need. Offshore can help you get your baits down to the fish too. The resettable tadpole diving planers come in four sizes for any bait and any depth. And be sure to look at the time-tested pro weights for precise depth control. For more info on any offshore product, check out the website offshoretackle.com. That's offshoretackle.com. It's been true for years and even more so today. Offshore Tackle is your leader in trolling technology. Let me tell you about the Lumberjack Restaurant in West Branch. Getting the entire troop to agree on a place to get some grub can be a real pain in the axe. Now don't go flying off the handle just yet, because the Lumberjack Restaurant has something for everyone to enjoy. Steaks, ribs, taters, mac and cheese. Homestyle grub that'll knock one or two notches off your belt just by looking at it. So get your axe up to the Lumberjack Restaurant of West Branch. Exit 212 I-75, where hunger goes to die. For more than half a century, anglers have known about PolarCraft boats. But now there's a new level of excitement. PolarCraft is built to last with designs and features to make your time on the water more enjoyable. Plus, PolarCraft delivers the best ride of any aluminum V-bottom fishing boat on the market. Available in welded or riveted models, there's a PolarCraft perfect for your needs on the water. To learn more, check out the website PolarCraft.com. Times have changed, and so should your hunting rifle. It's time to take a look at a Brenton USA hunting rifle. Brenton is a Michigan-based manufacturer of high-quality, extremely accurate AR-style rifles. When you think about it, an AR is a great hunting gun. It's a versatile platform, extremely tough, and it's a proven, reliable design. But Brenton USA hunting rifles are something more. They're built with precise tolerances to be extremely accurate, even at long range. In fact, Brenton hunting rifles are guaranteed to be sub-MOA. And there's another guarantee, a forever warranty so you know your investment will stand up up for years to come. In calibers from 204 Ruger up to the popular 450 Bushmaster, Brenton USA hunting rifles are perfect for predators, bear, deer, and even bigger game. Check them out online at BrentonUSA.com. Brenton hunting rifles. Accurate, reliable, powerful. BrentonUSA.com. 
can hear the Outdoor Magazine show in Sheboygan on Big Country Gold, WCBY, 1240 AM, 100.7 FM. You can hear us in Houghton Lake on 98.5 WUPS. And you can hear us in Ludington on News 97, 98, 98.7 WLDN. This segment of Outdoor Magazine is brought to you by Reader Landscaping. Reader can take care of your lawn and property because it's your nature and our nurture. Let Reader create an outdoor getaway in your backyard as they have for me. They were over trimming the trees the other day, uh, working on the water feature in the backyard, a water feature that they put in, by the way. They just, uh, they, they always do a great job. They are very conscientious. They do wonderful work. And I have people say, hey, who, who's, who does your lawn, your property there? It looks great. Well, it's Reader, ReaderLandscaping.com. Check them out. While you are online, please also check out uh, my website, MikeAveryOutdoors.com, and MUCC.org. MUCC.org is obviously the website of the Michigan United Conservation Clubs, also called MUCC. Um, in my opinion, Michigan's premier outdoor, public, uh, out, outdoor publication, the magazine, and uh, just outdoor conservation group. Um, I, I appreciate the fact, it, you know, even from my perspective, whose job it is to try to keep track of such things. It can be absolutely overwhelming to try to figure out the subtleties, the nuances, even the course of direction. Where, where are things in the process? Where do they go next? And my first call or my place to reach out is always MUCC. Help me figure this out. Amy Trotter is the executive director of MUCC. She's very good at figuring these things out. She has a real knack for, for policy and specifics and details and making sense of them. And, Amy, that's one of the things I've always really appreciated about you. Appreciate that. Thank you. We mentioned Proposal G. I, I, I want to go back. Um, for folks who don't know what that is, let's not, let's not lose them. Let's go back. What is, what was Proposal G? Well, 25 years ago now, in 1996, there was actually uh, another proposal, Proposal D, that was seeking to outlaw some, uh, some forms of bear hunting here in Michigan, the use of dogs and the use of bait, which would effectively limit bear hunting in the state. And as a counterproposal to that, we said, no, we're not going to get into the business of allowing or banning certain methods of take. We want science to be the driver, and we want the Natural Resources Commission to be basically the, the jury, looking at all of the science, looking at the information, and making decisions in a bipartisan fashion. So the Natural Resources Commission is the authority that makes our fish and game regulations. Uh, they they are a seven-member organization. They are required to be bipartisan, no more than four people from any one party. And they are appointees of the governor. Um, and then they advise the DNR also on a, a variety of issues, even beyond um, fish and wildlife. Well, so a lot- they meet every single month, and there's an opportunity to talk to those decision makers. A lot of people think, though, it's the DNR who makes all these uh, decisions. That's true. And, um, you know, that is something that we really want to empower the Natural Resources Commission because we don't want to vest 
all of the decision making in a singular person, the DNR director. We want to make sure it is a broader, diverse group who has diverse interests and um, and opportunities to talk to the public before making those decisions. Um, it's seven members instead of 148 in the legislature, so it is a little bit more manageable than the um, the day-to-day policy process for creating state laws. Um, but we believe that it is important to have this commission-style government, and um, and because it is so accessible, they meet every month in person. Anyone can sign up for public comments. You can communicate to them via email, via phone. Um, have conversations about issues on the agenda, and then also, you know, offline talk to them about what's coming up on their agenda and and how you can weigh in uh, best and the kind of information they might be, uh, you know, seeking out. So what role does the legislature play in all this? Can they come in and make a law that just supersedes the DNR and the NRC? Well, technically, yes. (laughs) But we do our best to really try to stay true to that proposal G authority. So when it's an issue of hunting or fishing, like that manner and method of take, the quotas, the how many's, the where's, all of those things that we really need natural resource professionals and the Natural Resources Commission to be the part, the decision maker in those, we try to keep those out of the legislative process. They always get introduced. But again, we do our best to try to say thank you very much, legislature, for that input. Um, let's talk to the commission about this. And then the way that the legislature can do that is through the form of a resolution. So they can actually formally communicate to the Natural Resources Commission, and they have done so on the issue of wolves, sandhill cranes, and probably a variety of other issues, where it's not a state law, but it is a strongly worded communication, a resolution that is directed at the Natural Resources Commission, urging them to take an action. You bring up sandhills. Um, again, I know it's not under the authority of the M- of MUCC to make this happen, but I think you guys have come out in favor of a sandhill hunt. What's your gut feel? Is that ever going to happen? Yeah, we are definitely working on it. Um, we have kind of a list of uh, stakeholders that are very interested that have reached out to us. And we've started talking to them really about the process. So we do need um, we do need the department to play a role here because they have to formally ask the federal government because these birds are protected under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Um, There does have to be a a request made to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service once, and and they will. We have a strong, strong feeling that they will approve something like that because they've done so in other states in our flyway. Um, Then we can have the conversation about naming them a game species and creating a season. But um, we do have to have all of our uh, information gathered and um, and, and we have to acknowledge that we are a breeding population here in our state. And so we do have to be cognizant of what we do in our state can affect the whole flyway. But that's not any different than a lot of other waterfowl species and other other species that we, we hunt. So um, we believe that we can do that. We can manage things very scientifically and 
still be protective of the resource and sustainable because that is the most important thing. But we have a lot of sandhill cranes here in the flyway. And in fact, we have uh, exceeded goals for many, many years in terms of what we believe should be the population for the flyway. So we do believe that we can sustain a hunt. It's just a matter of getting the the motion uh, here in order and getting some momentum behind that. All right, let's talk consent decree negotiations. And this is the uh, talk with the tribes about how the our uh, fisheries are divided up. I know that there are certain things you can't say because I know there's a gag order. And it's also my sense that that's getting very frustrating to you folks because maybe that's being used as a tool to kind of manipulate how this whole thing is viewed by the public. That is true. So our frustrations are showing in a real way now. Um, and you can follow along on our Facebook page or on our on our website. But we did um, file MUCC as part of a coalition to protect Michigan's resources. This is a separate 501c3 that we help with and we are on the board of. And um, that coalition did file uh, to petition the courts to allow us to be an intervener in the case. After years of negotiations, we are frustrated by the state of Michigan's representation of the recreational fishers out there. So whether it's charter boats, the Steelhead and Salmon Fishermen's Association, Hammond Bay Anglers and MUCC, we have been frustrated by the pace of the negotiations and also the representation from the state of Michigan. So we want an equal seat at the table. Um, that is still in the court system. There has been um, certainly objections to us uh, filing as an intervener. And then we have um, actually just last week issued a rebuttal to those uh, concerns. So it is still kind of in the courts in filing motions. Um, all of those motions are available and public, but they don't get into the meat of what everybody wants to know, which is, how much fish and where and when. <laughs> and uh, those are the things that we can't talk about, right. unfortunately. Well, <laughs> if if you were happy with how things are going, you wouldn't be doing this. So that says a lot right there. Correct. Our interest really is in preserving the recreational fishing opportunities in the Great Lakes. We believe in the 50-50 shared allocation of these resources. But again, we can't let uh, these kinds of actions, which could stay in effect for 20 years. The last consent decree now has lasted 22 years, and we don't want to um, be beholden by an agreement that could have repercussions many, many decades uh, from now uh, in terms of our recreational opportunities. Amy, before I let you go and hit the road again, I guess uh, every time you and I have a conversation it always comes back to you looking at this, you being MUCC. How does this affect Michigan hunters and anglers? That's the crux, it seems to me, of what you guys are about. And the resource. So and, I don't want to resource. Yes, yes, thank you. Certainly. Yes. The habitat is very important to us. We're working on wetland issues and um, water quality issues as well. So I don't want to to say that we are only about one thing. We are about the natural resources and our outdoor heritage. No, I appreciate you making that distinction. I'm going to let you go in on the J's now, but I don't want you to spend too much money in there, okay? Well, I can't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, spend all you want, Amy. Always a pleasure. Listen, have fun, and we'll check in again soon. 
All right. Very good. Thank you very much. Amy Trotter, Executive Director of MUCC, the website MUCC.org, MUCC.org. And, and, and what we need to do is we kind of got off track. We had a schedule for Amy to join me on my Wednesday Night Live four times this year, once a quarter. We got the first quarter in, and the second quarter kind of slipped by. So we're going to get those back on uh, track, get her back on where she can spend some time with us on the Wednesday Night Live so you can ask her questions as well as sitting here and listening to me ask your questions. So I will be talking to Nick Green, and we'll get that put together. And I will let you know. By the way, if you want to save 25% on signing up to become an MUCC member, here's how you do it. Go to MUCC.org, MUCC.org. Use the promo code Mike, all caps, and you can save that 25%. We'll take a break here in the Outdoor Magazine show. When we come back, well, uh, I'll start to work up wrapping up this week's show with a few more thoughts, questions, comments. And, of course, we will officially wrap up the show with Wild Game Chef Dixie Dave Miner coming up in just a few minutes right here on Outdoor Magazine.